You're listening to Bangkok Strange. That's right. You're listening to the very first episode of Bangkok Strange, brought to you by Ash Kickers Briskets and Bourbon over on Ekamai Soy 12. Go check them out. Best briskets, best bourbon in the entire city. And if you're vegan like me, best vegan food in the whole city as well. Chef Colin really hooks it up. So go check out Ash Kickers Ekamai Soy 12. I'm Dana, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Woody. Hello there. Today we're, we're talking about one of the stranger things in Thailand, or in Bangkok specific, and that is the controversy around university girl uniforms. Woody, I know that we both spent some time at Thai University, but me as a graduate student, as a doctoral student, but you as an undergrad, what did you think of the, the uniforms back then? You know what, back in college, right? I know, not even back in college, but ever since the, the inception of the university. The education system, no matter your primary, secondary, or even in college or the uni days, there is always a dress code. Yeah, there's a dress code, but come on. At, at university, at Thai universities, where they take it to another level. Personally, being an American, I don't think you should have a, a dress code at university. At least not a uniform. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to walk around naked type of dress code, but don't tell people everything they have to wear. You know, because I think for a lot of kids, being able to express themselves artistically takes place in that uniform or in the way they dress. Well, the uniform was designed with a purpose. Yeah. You know, it's about cohesion. It's about unity. And that's not what education's about, though. But you have to build the basis of a nation from that. Yeah, I don't know about that, Woody, but... The article that came out this week basically said, well, we saw this, it was covered in a few different places, and they passed a law or amended an existing law to say that it is now illegal for girls to wear short, very short skirts, which they're known for wearing at Thai University. And the reason they gave for this is it's because it's for their own protection. Well, you see, the, the, the topic here and the issue here has two different uh, parts you have to understand, right? One is about the intention of why we have a uniform. And number two, the uniform evolving into a fashion statement. Look, man, so this is the thing. The girls want to wear those short skirts for whatever reason. Let them, right? Or don't make them wear a uniform. Don't make it illegal for them to wear the short skirts and then say, oh, it's so that they don't get raped. You're just blaming victims. That's all you're doing. That's stupid. Well, you see, remember um, the, 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 the uniform, right? Oh. Uh, White white shirt and black skirt. Yeah. Back in the day, the skirt was like uh, above the ankle, just a little bit. And as the time progressed, higher than the knee, right? But now we're talking about... Now it looks skirt. like a belt. My God. You know what I mean? That is the reason why. I remember there was... When I was a student at, at university, I was a PhD student. I remember going into the library at the university. I was with a Thai girl. She was wearing a, a long skirt, but she had a sleeveless... Uh, shirt on, right? Mm-hmm. And the librarian freaked out. She's like, you can't wear a sleeveless shirt like that. It's inappropriate. And I look around and there are girls with these little tiny short skirts. I'm like, look, so I can see their pussy. That's no problem. <laughs> but the homegirl can't show a little bit of shoulder? I, I think your idea of appropriateness is skewed. Yes, you see, now you understand the point. Because the appropriateness, some of these dresses that they wear, the, the, the mini skirt that looks like a belt, the, the tiny little shirt that even my four-year-old daughter can wear. These girls are wearing something 
that they're about to explode out of. Yeah, but I mean, that you don't blame them if they get sexually assaulted. That's just what they're wearing, right? That's the style or that's the trend. And then, the, But the whole idea of like appropriateness of a sleeveless shirt versus letting me see your pussy with your short-ass skirt, two very different things. And I'll give you an example, Woody. When I was a PhD student at Italian University, we had to proctor exams, right, as part of the requirement of being a graduate student. And I remember you have to go around, do name checks, you have to check all the students. And, I mean, there was one girl, she was clearly not wearing underwear and just letting her shaved pussy hang out with her short-ass skirt during exams. It was very distracting. You see? Now, look, I understand that it's hot in Thailand, but, you know, if, if they're not making them wear the skirts, maybe she wanted to wear pants that day. I don't know. Maybe she left in a hurry. That's why she's going commando. Possible. I mean, look, I'm not complaining about it, but it is what it is. And then there are other times I think a lot of people know that transgender individuals are very common in Thailand. And a lot of times they don't get their IDs updated from freshman year all the way till they graduate. So you look at their ID and it's a dude, clearly a dude in the picture. And then you're looking at their ID in the exam when you're checking their ID for the sign-in. And you're like, well, it's a girl now, but they do look similar. You know, I I guess it's the same person, right? It makes it tough to tell. Well, that's why the term uh, applies. Oh, wait, he's a she. No, she's a he. But look, I mean, I just think this this entire law amendment is wrongheaded. They're, they're basically blaming women for sexual assaults that might happen. And they're using it as a way to drive more conservative values at the university. Look, you don't want people to wear super short skirts and tight-ass shirts with their fake boobies popping out. Don't mandate that as a uniform, right? Just let them wear whatever they want and stop blaming girls if they're getting sexually assaulted because guys get turned on by the way they're dressed. Well, you know, sexual assault, no matter how conservative you're dressed. And if it's going to happen. Yes. Right? So don't blame the girls based on what they wear. And it, ha- it happens worldwide, Dana. It does, but, but the fact that they're blaming the girls for this is just kind of stupid, right? Why don't you spend more time educating guys about, hey, don't rape women. It's wrong. Or amend the laws to make rape more severe. Yeah. To spend a lifetime in ass rape prison. <laughs> but at least what they're trying to do. I've seen uh, Prayer Before Dawn. I know what happens. Great movie. <laughs> that was a graphic scene, though. Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? If you guys haven't seen a Prayer Before Dawn, that scene is intense. Yeah. But my, my point is that some of the, the issues of sexual assault and um, sexual arousal is, is natural, but... You can't predict when it's going to happen, but at least what they're doing with this law is to create a deterrent. Dude, from age 15 to 30, I probably had a hard-on 90% of the time. I don't remember ever like running a girl down the street and raping her. Because the laws are severe. And not that, because I have a moral compass. I know, like, hey, rape is wrong. Dude, but, you know, you, you either have to educate people about the moral compass, like, hey, rape is bad. You're going to do time if you do it. Don't say, girls, you're at fault because you wore a short skirt. That's stupid. I'm not arguing with you about, uh, about the dress code here, but at least what, what I've seen on a more ob- ob- objective plane is that at least they started with this as a deterrent, but the next step what they have to do is educate about the moral compass and ethics. To guys. Exactly. Not to girls. Yes. Girls, wear whatever the fuck you want. We don't care. As a society as a whole, we must become a more civilized. Look, girls, take care of yourself. Take some jujitsu classes. Take some Muay Thai classes. Learn how to knock a fool out if he tries to get up on you. Wear whatever you want. Take responsibility for your own safety. 
And you don't do that by changing what you wear because you could wear whatever you want. It doesn't make you any more or less safe. Like Woody said, you could be wearing sweatpants and a baggy shirt and some dude's still going to try to rape you or still try to assault you. So learn to take care of yourself. Yes. Because government's not going to do it for you. At least he tried. In the wrong way. But Woody, 20 years ago when you were an undergrad, right, what, what were, the, were the girls wearing like the really tight shirts and skort, skirts back then? Yes, they did. But society... So it's not a know, new problem. It's not a new problem. It has been an issue since 20 years ago. Mm. But uh, the, the student body is separated on, on this issue. Because there are, are those that uh, respect the, the dress code, right? Uh, appropriateness of, of a little bit bigger uh, shirts and uh, a skirt that, that's quite long, uh, just a little bit higher than the knee was okay. And there were those that, like I told you, were about to explode from what they were wearing. Look, I mean, you and I both went to uh, government universities, yes. big, big government universities in Bangkok. Where I, I think just in general, and actually the university I went to, I don't know, I went to uh, one, of the uni- one of the colleges part of Thomasat. The girls dress fairly normally, right? I, I think in some of the faculties, they don't even make them wear uniforms. Uh, I was at SIIT where a lot of times they wore their lab uniform. So most of the girls were wearing jeans with some type of shirt and then their, their lab coat over it for undergrads. Obviously, as a graduate or a PhD student, you wear whatever you want. I probably look like a homeless person half the time with my long beard and my dirty <laughs> shirt. But, you know, it's not those universities where it's like a huge problem. You know, of course, every now and then you see a girl who's like, you know, a little bit shorter than a normal skirt, a little bit tighter than a normal shirt. Eh, looks okay. Whatever. Is some of the private universities I visited where, man, those girls are, they're, they're, whoo, man. Fashion statement. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, sir, I do. Woo. Man, so I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you enforce a law like that? And the other thing about that law is that they're they're gonna find the parents. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Here, here's something that I, I find really amusing about this country is that when a juvenile or a youngster does something wrong, they want to um, bring in the, the parents into the picture too. Yeah, because like the the parent is the the par- parenthood is such a unique and honorable institution that's the proper word I, I should be saying that the juveniles will be shamed not about what they are what they have committed but they are ashamed that they failed and made their parents look bad well I, this is the other thing right look at this these kids are 18 to 22 years yeah. old right they're adults in Thailand, you can buy alcohol at 18, right? Yes, that's true. So you're 18 years old. You can buy alcohol, right? You can buy tobacco. You can vote. You know, you can go in the army at 18, right? You can do all these things as an adult, but they're going to still go after your parents if you wear a tight skirt. Now, what about if a dude wears, like, super tight pants showing off his package, right? And no one's, no one's blaming the parents about that. Maybe that will be the second issue that they will tackle next. Who knows? You're like, look, hey, I'm a Thai dude. I got a huge dick. I'm going to wear some skinny-ass pants and show it off so all the girls want to get on me. Right? Parents, you better be ready to pay that fine. Fashion statement. Fashion statement. I remember this, this story actually reminded me of a story I saw online a few years before this about how Japanese people were fetishizing uh, Thai university student uniforms. Okay. Which I thought was funny because as an American, when I was a kid, 
you know, everyone used to joke about like Japanese schoolgirls, mm-hmm. right? But now the Japanese people are talking about Thai schoolgirls, you know, Thai university students because how sexy the uniforms are. You know, not all universities, some of the universities actually have the opposite trend where they're much more conservative, uh, Chula being one of them. The girls wear much longer skirts, uh, much more voluminous shirts as well, not so tight, as, as part of their culture, their internal culture at the university. But it's just kind of funny that you think about Japanese now, look at the Thai university uniform as, as a thing. Well, you know what? Fantasizing and fetishing in things that are exotic, right? Yeah. Has been with the with with humanity, in any any place you go, you like things that you can't find back home. Yeah, and I think Japan just has this this sort of uh, culture of like fetishes almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, uh, Ensign Inoue, who's been on the Asian MMA podcast with me, he just posted a video the other day on Twitter of him confronting some like creepy ass Japanese dude who was filming women out in public and like had his hand in his pocket and shit like. Ugh. Ensign Inoue is a former heavyweight champion, fighter from Pride. Huge Hawaiian dude, heavyweight, covered in tattoos. Polynesian? Like, uh, he looks, uh, he's from Hawaii, yeah. Okay. But, like I think his family's ethnically Japanese mm. at, at some point. But he's just a huge jack dude. And he's, <laughs> and he's a bad motherfucker. Dude is a bad motherfucker. So for him, like imagine like you're some creepy ass dude filming a chick on the streets. And like this big motherfucker shows up. I was like, what are you doing? But you know that's wrong. Delete the video. Delete it. Mm-hmm. And this guy was like, oh. but but he, he does he speak Japanese though? Yeah, and okay. speaks fluent Japanese. He's lived in Japan like twenty five years. And so did that uh, that guy filming and putting his hands in his inappropriate place got caught by the cops or no, no, arrested? I'd rather be caught by the cops than caught by Ensign. Oh. I'll be honest. Because you go to jail in Japan, it's going to be pretty pretty sweet deal compared to, like, you get a, a scary dude like Henson Inoue catching you. Oh, yeah. Right? And then you're just like, and this is like a short, fat Japanese guy. So, like, this <laughs> jacked pro fighter, legend of the game, mm-hmm. Henson Inoue. Henson had his girlfriend film him confront the guy. So funny. You see, when you bring something up like that, right, it, it comes... To a, another society may, may be split on that kind of issue again. That's the Japanese dark night, man. Yes. Either, if that, that guy was a psychopath, like filming uh, w- women on the streets and think about dirty thoughts, right? Or this individual is a sick individual. He might be. He yes. might be sick. Treatment or get beat up? Probably both. <laughs> Not in that order, though. Beat up, then treatment. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. You're sick. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive I'm, me for what my trespasses against you. I'm gonna you, whoop right? your ass now, motherfucker, and then I'm gonna send you to the hospital, yes. and uh, they're gonna treat you for like years. Well, revenge. People ask, why? Why would you uh, com- uh, commit revenge? Right? It's like, what, what, what does it bring? Well, it sure makes you feel good. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. right? It makes you happy. Yeah, and happy is important. Now, you know, with the, the whole skirt thing, I mean, let's see how it how it pans out. I'll be interested to see. The other story that I thought was really interesting this week is that we got the release date coming up for the movie The Cave, which oh, was about the wild boars. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the uh, Mabu, Muba, Muba, Muba. Muba. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Muba, Mu pick, ba, crazy, yeah. right? No, no, Ba is, is crazy, Ba is force. Ah, uh, okay. So these guys, if you guys don't know, punch yourself in the face, as my friend Justin uh, Hunt would say. But 
this was the football team, the soccer team from Northern Thailand. They went to visit this cave with their coach. Un- unusually early rains came, caught them in the in the cave. They were stuck there, 13 of them, Woody? Yeah. Or 12 in the coach, right? 13 total. And so they had to bring in all these international divers. It was week-long's effort to try to get them out. And they were running out of oxygen. They ended up having to have an emergency removal. Elon Musk actually flew here to Thailand to help out. And called some British dude a pedo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> another topic for another time. But turns out... Uh, yeah, so Elon Musk came here, got into an argument with a British dude, called him a pedo, and then they end up saving the kids because of that British guy. That pedo? That, no, he wasn't a pedo, though. <laughs> okay. He's not a pedo. Elon Musk was just weird, being out of line. No, that's just being like a red herring here right now, <laughs> listening yeah. to you, Dana. But, but look, I mean, that, that dude was instrumental in, that, that British was instrumental oh, in saving the kids. He was a professional. Yeah, he's a world-class diver. Yes. So, look, I mean... They saved the kids. It was a great story. Lost one Thai Navy SEAL, retired Thai Navy SEAL, died as an equipment failure, I believe. So they made a movie about that. Now that's coming out, and I guess there's a lot of people reacting both positive and negatively to it. Um, you know, Hopefully it's, it turns out to be a good story. I think they filmed it actually up at the cave. They filmed the outside scenes, like outside the cave. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how that's received internationally because I remember it was even like I watched the Philip DeFranco show every day. Even he talked about it. Mm. You know, and he does like a 20 minute news show once a day. And, you know, he was able to fit that in. It was all over like international news. Big, big story. I mean, I, rem- I remember that because the story of children resonates to every parent mm. in every race, every culture, and every nation throughout the world. And the world was with them. And it, despite the, the loss of, of one uh, Thai scuba diver trying to rescue the kids. But it was a story of hope yeah. and resilience. Yeah. You know? And uh, let's see. You bet- they better make it good. No, I, I mean, I hope the movie's good. I know a few people who worked on it. Okay. So, I mean, they, they haven't said much. But I, I got a feeling that it's going to be a decent film. And, you know, it's going to tell a story that really did grip the world. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people talked about that. Even people now, they still mention, like, oh, where did that happen with the cave? Can we go see that? One of my friends who's a reporter here, he was up reporting live. You know, there's just so much so much interest in that story that you, you knew they were going to make a movie about it. They have to. But it's funny. People haven't even seen it yet, and they're already talking smack about it. No, really. I'm, what what were the, the negative comments that, that you saw about it? Uh, some people were talking talking stuff about, like, oh... You know, the kids uh, should be in the movie or, you know, maybe uh, they should tell a different story. And why, why do we need to talk about Thai people getting in trouble? Huh? Yeah. It's what? Kind of, it's strange. Oh, my God. What kind of narrow-minded perspective is that? To, to me, it's like, look, what? these kids these kids motivated the world at some point. Yes. They brought people together. I mean, I was glued to the, When they were doing the rescue, I was glued to the internet. Yeah, everyone was. But, huh. You know, so that, that is strange, like you said, Dana. Very strange. I mean, that's you know, internet culture, as we call it, netizen culture here at uh, in Thailand in Bangkok. Never read the comments. Never read. Always read the comments. We <laughs> always read the comments. You get in, interesting insights from society. Anything else Ooh. interesting pop out to you this week, Woody? For now, no. But no. Um, this is our first episode, and I can tell you, everything happens all the time here. You know, there's and, always something strange yes. in Bangkok. Actually, originally we were going to call this Bangkok Confidential, oh. and we, we tried to we tried to buy the domain name, and it's owned by an escort service. Oh, 
and uh, maybe different objective than what we're trying to do right here. Yeah, but hey, look, if you're the owner of Bangkok Confidential and you're listening to this and you want to sponsor the show, feel free to holler at us. Oh, okay. We got plenty of room for sponsors on this show, not just ash kickers. Mm-hmm. So you know, our demographic might be what you're looking for. Oh yes. <laughs> First episode, and there's got to be a lot more coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one, I just think there's always something strange. There's always something unique going on in Bangkok. Have you ever heard this uh, specific term, uh, TIT? Actually, uh, this derived. is Thailand. Yes, from TIA, remember? Yeah, this is Africa. Yeah, from Leonardo uh, DiCaprio's uh, Blood Diamonds, right? Yeah, oh, Blood Diamonds. I yeah. love that movie. TIA, TIA, and suddenly that TIA turned to TIT. This yeah, is Thailand. This is Thailand. There's some Facebook groups for This Is Thailand. I know, I've seen it. Yeah. Interesting things, too. Definitely, definitely yeah. some interesting stuff. You know, there's always strange and beautiful things going on here. Yeah. One of the things I love is the expat forms. Because expats on the internet can just be brutal with each other. I know. Like, especially if you're new and you ask a question that someone's asked in the past, and like they just blow up on people. And sometimes it's hilarious. Wait, and what happened to the part of the term compassion, huh? There's, there's no camaraderie with expats, and we're all out to hate each other. <laughs> but you know what? This show was designed specifically to bring out the strangeness, the strange things that occur here, and digest it, and... Uh, well, look at it objectively. Yeah, you know? We're, we're going to be talking about some of the, the stranger things. I think we're, we're going to take a deeper look. Some of the things you guys have to look forward to in future episodes, taking a deeper look at some of the unique neighborhoods of Bangkok and some of the strange shit that goes on there. Yeah. Uh, Klong Toy is an area that Woody and I are both familiar with. Oh, I yes. live there. We both work there. Um, you know, and then some of the areas along the BTS where there's definitely some strange things. One of the things I want to talk about in depth, this will be a whole future episode, is what the fuck is up with Soy Cowboy? The history, Dana. How do you have how do you have a red light district in the middle of one of the most financially, you know, growing areas of the city? That's one of the things we gotta talk about. On that episode, I want you to pour your heart out objectively from the expat uh, And Woody will talk about all the nights he spent at Silicon Cowboy. History <laughs> behind it. Woody loves the history, well, but yes. But we are definitely going to talk about Soy Cowboy, Nana, Silom Soy 4, all these areas. Like, how do they exist in the middle of these financial districts? And why some uh, street names or alleys or junctions have a name specifically always come back to the his- history yeah. of why it was named like that. Some, of the, o- that. some of the other things we'll be talking about is uh, food. Obviously, food oh, yes. is a big thing. Durian is one of the strangest phenomenons in Hawkers the world. Hawkers and street food of Thailand, we are we second to no one. Also, also the other thing is, why on earth is the best pizza in the world in Bangkok? <laughs> Wait, I think that, that's up for debate, Dana. Dude, I've, I've, I've eaten pizza in America. I've eaten pizza in Europe. Nothing compares to Pala over, uh, over underneath the, uh, the BTS there. That's my spot. I'm going to defend it to the day I die. My buddy... Uh, Rob Van Mopes, he, he wants to argue otherwise. I will fight him to the death. If you mention that uh, that place again, I think they're sponsoring you, and you're not telling me about it, Dana. No, no, not sponsored. <laughs> I'm just that that's the spot, man. But if you want pizza, like just legit pizza, that is the place. And I'll tell you why. Why does that happen to be in Bangkok? I don't know. New York, your pizza sucks, Dana. Please stop. <laughs> Don't spill all the beans, but no. these are just some... Some gems ap- that we have. Yes, appetizers for appetizers. things to come. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk about some of the individuals we know, the strange individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Legends. Run, run, run through that with me first before we go on here, all right? <laughs> we might. We might. Yes. Anyway, guys, 
Thank you for listening to Bangkok Strange. This is our first episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Don't forget, we are brought to you by the good people over at Ash Kickers, over at Ekamai Soy 12. Briskets and bourbon. Also, best damn vegan food in the country. (laughs) Guaranteed. Woody has a saying about vegan food. What is it, Woody? Vegan food can go to hell. (laughs) 500 baht for tofu? Fuck you. Not going to (laughs) happen. But seriously... Uh, Colin over the chef over at Ash Kickers does an amazing job with the vegan food. He's got a ton of stuff on the menu. So even if you don't eat beef, but you have friends who do, it's a good spot to go. Best bourbon selection in the city. They've got some hidden gems behind the bar too. So you got to know what to ask for. Hit us up if you want to know about any of that. And actually we might have a, a boozy bagel beatdown coming up over at, at Ash Kickers pretty soon during one of the UFCs Ooh. where we might record live. So anyway, guys, until next time, this has been Bangkok Strange.